0: Hello, and welcome to Conversations from the World of Allergy, a podcast produced by the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. I'm your host, Dave Stukas. I'm a board-certified allergist and immunologist and serve as a social media medical editor for the Academy. Our podcast series will use different formats to interview thought leaders from the world of allergy and immunology. This podcast is not intended to provide any individual medical advice to our listeners. We do hope that our conversations provide evidence-based information. Any questions pertaining to one's own health should always be discussed with their personal physician. The Find an Allergist search engine on the Academy website is a useful tool to locate a listing of board-certified allergists in your area. Finally, use of this audio program is subject to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology Terms of Use Agreement, which you can find at www.aaaai.org. We are pleased to welcome Dr. Sujini Kakumanu and Dr. Julie Wang to today's episode. Dr. Kakumanu is a Clinical Associate Professor of Medicine in the Division of Allergy, Pulmonary, and Critical Care Medicine at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine. Dr. Kakumanu has extensive experience in medical education and research and has served many roles within the American Academy of Allergy and Immunology, including as past chair of the Health Information Technology Committee. Dr. Julie Wang is a professor of pediatrics in the Division of Allergy and Immunology at the Icahn School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. Dr. Wang has a very accomplished career as a clinician researcher and also serves many roles within various professional organizations, including as a member of the Joint Task Force on Practice Parameters for Allergy and Immunology. Both Dr. Kakumanu and Wang have been involved as planning committee members and faculty for the annual American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology Leadership Institute, which is the topic of today's conversation. And with that, hello, both of you, doctors, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, and and welcome to the show. Thanks
1: for
2: having us, David. Exciting to be here.
0: Oh, good. Um, so we've had Dr. Wang on before, but it's an absolute pleasure to have Dr. Kakamanu join us today. And this is a, a really exciting topic, um, something that is near and dear to my heart as I've gone through this. But I think that I, I guarantee that our listeners really don't probably know a whole lot about it unless they've been involved themselves. So I appreciate both of you joining us today, and hopefully we'll get some members who are interested in joining us in the future. Uh, so be, as we get into it, let's start. Dr. Kakamanu. can you just start by telling us a little about how you first got involved in the Leadership Institute and, and what your current role entails?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I attended a leadership course in 2015 as a participant and then followed that up with um, a project within the mentorship program in 2016. After that, I joined the steering committee as a workgroup leader who works to facilitate mentee mentor relationships within the program. And I was fortunate to come on and work with Julie in 2020 as a vice chair of the Leadership Institute. And in the time that I've been involved, I've really seen both the leadership course and the mentorship program grow significantly. And it's been truly exciting to be part of that change.
0: Mm, oh, that's great. It sounds like you've been heavily involved. And we're going to tease out what some of the, the terminology means here in just a second. Uh, but before we get to that, Dr. Wang, how about yourself? When did you go through the Institute and, and what's your current level of involvement?
1: So my involvement has actually paralleled Dr. Kakumanu's. I first participated in the course actually one year prior in 2014, but then joined the mentorship program in 2016 where I met Dr. Kakumanu and have been working with her since. Together we were work group leaders for the mentorship program, and then I am currently the chair of the Leadership Institute
0: okay so also a very high level of involvement well i've heard a couple of different terms i've heard course and mentorship program and institute uh as we sort of dive into that dr Kakumanu, can you offer some historical context for us such as you know when did all this first begin and and why was this initiative started in the first place
2: yeah um, so the leadership institute started at the orlando quad ai meeting in 2012 and initially it was a two-year didactic program really focusing on the development of core leadership skills and in 2015, it, it evolved to include the mentorship program, which is an additional year, which and recruits past leadership course participants to work with individual Quad AI committees in the completion of a, a year long mentored project. The main goal of both of these programs, which um, make up the Leadership Institute, is to provide an entry point for Quad AI members who are interested in becoming involved in leadership roles, which may be in the Quad AI, as well as in their local institutions and in their own communities.
0: Mm, so we're we're coming up on oh it's soon to be the ten year anniversary I suppose so that really this has has been in existence for quite some time, uh, which is fabulous. And so I'd like to ask both of you, and we'll start with Dr. Kakamanu again. You know why is the academy so invested in something like this? You know how does it help our organization or our specialty in in general?
2: That's a a great question and really important subject to talk about. We. Well, we recognize in the Leadership Institute that in order to advance the goals of our field, whether it be pursuing research or advocating for policy or disseminating education to frontline clinicians and patients, that allergists and immunologists really need to be strategically engaged on various platforms and with many local and national organizations. And a key step for our members to achieve that impact is to provide them with an avenue to collaborate and build partnerships. The Leadership and Mentorship Program provides that form for interested Quad AI members to develop core leadership skills, as well as learn how to build that network with their peers within the Quad AI.
0: That's great. And Dr. Wang, what are your thoughts on that? How, you know, why is the Academy so invested and, and how does it help us as an organization and a specialty?
1: Well, I think in medicine, we always talk about lifelong learning and a lot of the focus has, is really on medical knowledge, but lifelong learning really also includes those skills that we need to engage with other individuals within our practices, within our national organizations. And so these are critical skills that the Quad AI really feels is important for our membership to develop, and it is facilitating that development through these programs and by having engaged members who are interested and willing to be engaged and also have the skills to develop these collaborative uh, interactions can only help uh, not only the organization but our specialty move forward
0: in the future. Mm, I, I like I like some of the words you both chose to use. I, you know, move forward in the future. I couldn't agree more. It, it's you know the we have. I think when many of us join the organization, we we have leadership that's in place as we're there, but we don't always know the backstory and what it took to get there. And then also just the turnover, the natural turnover as people move on from their positions and from the board and things like that. So um, I agree. I think that this this institute is wonderful, and it's great to have for our members, uh, Doctor Wang. Do we? Oh, please. Sorry, I actually
1: also want to add um, that the leadership of the AI recognizes that for the longevity of an organization, for any organization really, is to develop future leaders and show them um, how to be involved because you can't have a gap in between leaders and members. It's got to be a continuum so that there is just the natural progression of people's involvement in the organization and so that recognition is there which is why programs like the leadership institute is so important for advancing really the not again not only the organization but the specialty itso-
0: itself Mm, absolutely. Hey, Dr. Wang, do we have any idea how many people have gone through um, the Institute? I know there's different, there's the course and then sort of the mentorship program. I don't know if you can break it down. Oh, And along those lines, is there a formal record of whether uh, those participants uh, go on to actually um, earn leadership roles within the academy?
1: So, so far, we have about 460 people to date who've participated in the leadership course. Um, In terms of the mentorship program, which started in 2016, each year, approximately 15 individuals are paired with mentors to uh, move forward in that program. And so right now, we do know that there are past participants who have gained leadership positions in various areas of the Quad AI, but we do not have um, formal tracking of this as an outcome. That is an area of interest though, Um, so we are in the process of developing a yearly survey of past participants to assess the impact of this program. We know that um, leadership development is continuous and ongoing, um, so we'd be interested to see the evolution of past members regarding leadership positions not only within the Quad AI, but also outside as well, um, as well as their own personal assessments of leadership skills, um, because we do recognize that there really is not one measure of success in this realm. So uh, we will hopefully be acquiring data as time goes on to assess the impact of this program.
0: Oh, that, that'd that be very interesting to look at at some point. That's great. Uh, Dr. Kakumanu, who's the target audience for the Leadership Institute? Can anybody apply? Uh, is there a cost to, to go through the course? Um, tell us a little bit more.
2: Yeah. So... Anyone can apply, provided that they've completed their allergy fellowship or really looking for people who have begun their careers, Um, although we all recognize that fellows and fellows in training bring um, a great deal to our field. There's two cohorts, one being the Leadership Institute, which includes a half-day course that occurs during the annual meeting. There is an application process for that, which comes out in the fall, uh, but no specific uh, cost to that course. New in 2021, we've added interactive webinars that also occur throughout the year with various academy leaders centered around um, the, the further development of leadership skills. And again, we are looking for members who've graduated from fellowship and have begun to formulate an idea for what areas or committees within the academy may interest them. The second cohort is a mentorship program, which is, like I mentioned previously, is an additional year where a cohort of past leadership course participants practice their leaderships by taking a deep dive into a mentored project with the Quad AI. But one thing I'd really like to stress is that we are looking for members at any stage of their careers. We recognize that our leaders come from early early career um, members as well as later career members, and we're happy to have Uh, people within this continuum continue and participate in both the leadership course and the mentorship program. Mm,
0: That's great. You know, I I didn't hear you mention uh, those who have chosen an academic career versus private practice. Is there any distinction there or can anybody apply?
2: We actually um, encourage both academic allergists as well as community allergists um, and those in clinical practice to join the mentorship program. We, the The people who lead up our leadership course are actually Drew Murphy and Anna Novak, um, one who's an academic allergist and one who is a community-based allergist. And so we're interested in really having a broad scope of members participate in both programs.
0: Mm, Excellent. Dr. Wang, what about some of the logistics? Is this just, you know, you sign up and then uh, you go to a half-day course and that's it? Or, you know, is there more, aside from the mentorship program, of course, with those select individuals, but is there more follow-up work involved? Tell us more about the webinars. You know, is it sort of a one and done? Give us some insight.
1: Yeah, so the leadership course has actually evolved over time. As Dr. Kakumanu mentioned, originally it was a a two-year uh, curriculum but now it is a one-day course and this year uh, we're actually adding uh, webinars throughout the calendar year uh, they'll be quarterly so that there'll be opportunities for small group engagement to delve further into the different leadership topics that were introduced during the course this year for example one on conflict resolution um, another one on leading diverse groups so the idea is that the course gives a an introduction to how to think about that topic, uh, ideally some practical tips that they can take to go back to their uh, practice with, uh, or, or actually even their daily lives, I would say. So this is not necessarily just career focused. You can apply these skills really in any realm of your life. Um, and then these small group webinars that will occur quarterly will allow further discussion on how to implement these skills and or perhaps even barriers that participants have encountered since trying since the course trying to implement it in real life Um, so that is the kind of progression over time um, over a one-year course Mm. the mentorship program is also one year long and that's available for interested individuals. Uh, So not everyone who participates in the course is obligated to participate in in the mentorship program. Um, Like me as an example, I did the course one year and then did the mentorship program two years later. So there is not a specific timeline that anyone has to follow. Again, going back to the idea that uh, there are so many different paths to leadership, and everybody's course uh, may be different in terms of what they're dealing with at work, in life, in their um, plans for involvement in the Quad AI. So um, this is a progression, but there is not a fixed timeline for anyone.
0: Mm, I like that flexibility is the key, um, and especially with the the target audience and just sort of how you go through the the course and the experience. Uh, Dr. Kakamanu, Dr. Wang t- sort of touched upon some of the areas that are addressed, but are there specific objectives that participants um, uh, receive, or any insight into the types of sessions that are held during the the you know the course or the the webinars? or this pure, is this purely didactic or is there more interaction involved?
2: that's a great question we do have some didactics um, really focusing on disseminating information about key leadership skills whether that be building teams or creating cultures of empathy and conflict resolution but an important aspect of the course is actually providing an interactive forum for participants to discuss their own experiences or their questions with academy leaders And in addition, we really want to preserve that peer-to-peer interaction, recognizing that mentoring doesn't just occur with um, a senior mentor, but also occurs between members, you know, at the same stages of their careers and within the mentorship program as well. So we provide several um, opportunities for members to meet each other, discuss um, their own questions about leadership, as well as um, gain from the knowledge of senior academy leaders. Um, like I alluded to earlier, new this year are those quarterly small group webinars. The mentorship program, on the other hand, occurs primarily virtually, with frequent mentor-mentee meetings, as the participant works to complete their proposed project.
0: Mm. Well, and the in-person session, I actually don't know if we cover this. Does that play? Does that take place during the annual meeting? Is there um, it, sort of it, time drawn out for that?
2: Yeah, it does. It occurs during the morning of the Friday day of the annual meeting. So it's about 8 to 12, um, Mm. like I said, on the Friday of the annual meeting. And it's uh, a compilation of didactic sessions as well as um, interactive sessions. You know, hopefully we'll be doing that in person in 2022, but um, we'll wait to see um, what the news will be about the meeting.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, Dr. Wang, tell us a little bit more about some of the projects that participants have engaged in for the year-long mentorship program. Are there any common themes that stick out or or anything that really sticks out in your memory as something that was really unique that you noticed?
1: So the mentorship programs really are things that these uh, individuals are passionate about. So there's a very wide range of projects, but project types can include uh, focused work group reports, online CME courses. Uh, there have also been some novel ideas to enhance current Quad AI offerings. Um, for example, your project, Dr. Stukas, uh, was <laughs> really disseminate this podcast um, and reach a wider audience. And so the there is really no limit to what kinds of projects um, one can do under the mentorship project uh, program. It really is the idea and the creativity of the individuals. Um, I also want to actually point out that these projects aren't always just one-on-one with the mentor-mentee. There actually have been a few projects where several mentees with similar interests uh, have partnered partnered together on a project. And this is actually how I first met Dr. Kakumanu, as well as um, another member of our steering committee, Dr. uh, Denise Kalman. So, Dr. Kakumanu was inter- instrumental in developing the SAMPRO program, and her mentorship project uh, aimed to develop a toolkit for SAMPRO, so kind of a project within a project. Uh, whereas I had interest in developing a toolkit for a school management of anaphylaxis and food allergy, because that's my um, clinical and research area of focus. Um, and so, there were similarities in terms of what we were developing. And that evolved eventually to SAMPRO, including um, a page on anaphylaxis and food allergy management. Dr. Kalman, on the other hand, uh, really came from it and from the perspective of the RSLs and really wanted to disseminate SAMPRO through the RSL. And so she worked with both of us to really just enhance the, the SAMPRO program. Another example of this type of group work was the recent development of a wellness work group within the Innovation Center of the Quad AI Office of Practice Management. Uh, This was a project um, by mentees, Dr. Bingaman, Nanda, and Sharma. So they surveyed the membership to assess wellness and burnout, uh, and that led to a publication in JACI in Practice this past April of last year, 2020, uh, and the results uh, will actually be instrumental in informing future Quad AI programming in this very important area.
0: That's fantastic. And I know we, we could probably spend an, you know a couple of hours talking about all the different projects, but I like how you said these are often projects within projects and they sort of take on a, a different slant or angle based upon the interests of the the person going through the program. And I also appreciate you the little shout out for my project as well, because uh, as I went through Leadership Institute, you're right. I, my goal was to try to increase the number of people listening to the podcast. We went from two listeners per episode to 10 and only five of which are actually my family members. So there you go uh dr kakamanu um all right, all right here let's let's lay it out for everybody we've all been part of these personality assessments and team building exercises that have variable impacts you know the lunch and learns and things like that so tell us why should somebody consider applying for and going through the academy leadership course and institute how is this any different than some sort of you know lunch hour trust exercise what's the call to arms here
2: you know that's a great point you know what I- Although those lunch hour trust exercises are are important and helpful in promoting new friendships and promoting wellness, um, which we all know is very important in medicine, the leadership course really offers the ability to learn about those skills that we rarely talk about in medical school and medical training, such as how do I negotiate for a contract or how do I negotiate for resources that I need to do this research project or course that I want to do. And so the leadership course really offers members and participants um, an opportunity to learn and practice those skills in a very low stress, easy, accessible environment. Um, It also offers them the ability to learn and practice those skills while they're meeting other quad AI members that they may not have encountered in the past. In addition, uh, the second iteration, the mentorship program really offers participants the chance to practice the leadership skills that they've gained, but also to like I said before, take a deep dive into the Quad AI infrastructure and learn how it works on a day-to-day level. Um, and they do that by working with a Quad AI committee to complete a project, which may include something like a work group report or develop a CME course or an award-winning podcast, like you've mentioned, um, <laughs> or other webinars. Well,
0: that's great. So I, I Yeah, and I, I can vouch for it. it, it it's very different than um, just you know sitting down and listening to people talk at you about leadership. I think the networking portion of it is very important as well, like you mentioned. Uh, Dr. Wang, where can listeners who may be interested in, in learning more find more information? Is there a website that they can visit? Uh, and also, um, I, I heard one of you mention that autumn, I believe, is when the application process ends, or if not, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, so can where can people go to find the application and what does that entail?
1: Yeah, so we are in the process of updating the Quad AI website. Um, Well, the new Quad AI website uh, was recently launched, but the Leadership Institute page will be updated uh, to give people an easy point of entry to find out more information. But as you mentioned, the applications will be out in late summer, early fall for the course and then for those uh, past course participants who are interested in the mentorship program, applications for that should be out at around the same time.
0: Okay, and I'm sure we'll have uh, email blasts and all the the typical communication uh, to members, correct? Absolutely. Excellent. Dr. Kakamanu, what core principles or values did you learn through the Institute um, that you've applied to your own leadership roles?
2: Well, the biggest recurring theme has been that collaboration, particularly when it occurs within a group of individuals with varied talents and backgrounds, like when I worked with Julie and Denise, can have significant impact on the success of a project. In this last year's leadership course in 2021, Carla Davis led an amazing session um, where she discussed how to manage diverse teams and how to build cultures that promote a productive environment for everyone involved. And those principles that you spoke to have really been invaluable to me, even listening as a steering committee member and managing my own research and clinical teams and in day-to-day life.
0: Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Dr. Wang, along those same lines, I'd like to ask you the same question. Did you learn any new principles or values that you've since applied to your own work?
1: I think the two biggest things that I realized um, and learned is that leadership isn't just the president or the chief of the division. That each of us in our everyday lives can be leaders in our own small ways, you know, within our practice, at home, even, right? Um, and I think recognizing that was an important thing for me that I can be a leader because I did not perceive myself originally as being one who you know, had leadership qualities, not presidential in terms of, I don't, you know, am I one to get up and give big speeches, um, like talking to very large groups of people? So I think the Leadership Institute really kind of broke that down for me, that there are many, many different types of leaders in the world, um, and that I can have a place in that. Uh, The other part of it is really understanding the my own personality type, um, and the different personalities and communication styles that exist, Um, and really learning to appreciate that each person has their own unique perspective on situations, and to really listen, um, perhaps not just to the words, but to really their intent um, and how they're saying it, and then using really the full picture to help guide decision making and collaborative um, activities.
0: Mm. Oh, that's great. Thank you as well for sharing that perspective. I, I I agree on all these points. And, you know, so often when we look at our division chiefs and presidents, and these are highly accomplished individuals who have absolutely earned their positions, but they're so busy that oftentimes they they um, can't help out with the day-to-day leadership roles that um, many of us can fill in and and help with, whether it's in our current job or through the academy or things like that. So that's wonderful. Dr. Kakumanu, do you have any advice for Academy members who may want to get more involved with committees or intersections within the Academy? Any, any overarching sort of um, themes or starting points that you can recommend?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think I can say for all committees um, that we're excited to have people come on board. And so I would recommend interested members to attend the committee and intersection meetings if they're at the annual meeting and the times and dates of all of these meetings, whether it's be the committee or the intersection can be found within the annual meeting program. Separate from that, I also really would recommend interested members to email the liaison, uh, the Quad AI liaison, as well as the chairs and vice chairs for the committees that they're interested in and and introduce themselves and inquire about ways that they can become more involved within that committee. Um, The information um, for the liaisons, as well as the leaderships for each committee is available on the Quad AI website um, once you log in. And of course, we would love to see all those interested members apply for the leadership course as well.
0: Dr. Wang, you've sort of talked about the evolution of the leadership course and institute um, thus far over the first nine, nine years or so. But if you can look into your crystal ball, what does the next 10 years look like to you? What, what's next? What's coming down the road?
1: Well, we do aim for diversity and inclusivity um, and having the Leadership Institute participants be a true reflection of the entire membership of the Quad AI. So, that is something that we are self-assessing at this point. We also want to make sure that we are helping participants develop tangible skills that can be applied immediately. Um, rather than just talking about, in theory, this is what um, one should do as a leader. Uh, so with that, we do want to continue focusing on interactivity within our programming, um, and then fostering engagement among institute participants beyond the one day's course, uh, which is the aim of the quarter- quarterly webinars, um, but also uh, engagement among participants across years, uh, really supporting development of a strong wide network uh, to allow individuals to have more peer-to-peer and uh, mentoring interactions um, besides the formal ones that are created under the course and the mentorship program. And I also previously mentioned that we are in the process of developing evaluation tools to track uh, what is working. And what can be improved, uh, as well as to establish uh, metrics to uh, follow how our successes are going.
0: Mm. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, if our podcast still exists 10 years from now, I look forward to having both of you back on and, and we can talk about all you've accomplished uh, during that period of time. That would be great. Dr. Kakamanu, I'd love for you, if you're willing, to share any of your favorite books on leadership and, and why they're meaningful to you. Do you have anything that comes to mind?
2: Yeah, um, at, my two favorites um, are "Leading from the Outside" by Stacy Abrams mm-hmm. and "Quiet" by Susan Cain. Um, "Leading from the Outside" really provides an important perspective, especially on how being outside the traditional leadership circles can be an advantage to engage and create empathy for communities with different needs and ideas. And it goes along um, those lines that Julie was mentioning earlier that there takes you know we need multiple. Types of leaders with different temperaments and different styles and um, different sets of values. And I think um, that book uh, was really helpful for me to understand what the strength of being outside traditional leadership circles uh, can be. You know, Quiet was the first book that I read that really acknowledges that having leaders with quiet resolutions and mm-hmm. at times introverted temperaments can be very important, especially at times where you need to have that inner resolve to challenge the status quo.
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, Dr. Wang, how about you? Do you have any favorite books or resources that you've come across that you'd like to share with us?
1: I don't have exactly a favorite. Uh, Rather, I have gained insights about leadership through reading uh, a lot of different things. Um, And I had read this once, that we don't learn leadership just from reading leadership books. In fact, there is no book that can really teach leadership. Um, So... You know, there are a variety of sources that I think I've really um, learned from. One is one that uh, Sujini just mentioned, Susan Cain's Quiet, because that just really helped me to learn about myself. Um, but I also really enjoy reading biographies. Uh, some that I think have been helpful in this realm include The Notorious RBG, uh, Michelle Obama's Becoming, and and also Steve Jobs' bio by Walter Isaacson. Um, just seeing how each of these very different individuals navigated their internal and external challenges to achieve um, What you know the amazing things that they did achieve were not only inspiring But also re- reinforced to me the the fact that so there are just so many different pathways to success um, And then you know for short reads I think that uh, many of Adam Grant's articles are really interesting
0: mm. and helpful Well, great. Uh, so since you're both so willing to share and i really appreciate that as do our listeners i'd love to sort of end our conversation by asking you some more personal questions related to leadership if that's okay and we'll kind of keep the the way we've been doing things we'll start with dr Kakamanu and then hear from dr wang if that's all right so if you're game for it i promise nothing too uh, intrusive but uh dr Kakumanu, what how what is your involvement in various leadership roles taught you about yourself
2: well, I think the biggest lesson is that, you know, and it's it's something I've had to learn is that I need to lead from a place of authenticity. Um, I think there was a tendency when I was starting out to, to lead in the manner that I've seen people lead or that I've been led in the past. And I, although it's very important to observe and learn from our most effective leaders, I know that I have to engage in a style that, you know, is true to my temperament and my principles. Um, and that's something that I can uniquely bring to the table. And so that's something that I've had to learn over time, but, um, I think it's central to any leadership role that you, um, that you assume. And I think it's something that you can always fall back on when you are encountering obstacles, which, um, are inevitable in, in any project or journey.
0: Mm. And Dr. Wang, what about yourself? How has your involvement in various leadership roles, um, brought insight into your, your own
2: self?
1: I think I already mentioned this. It's that I will admit that I did not see myself as a leader mm-hmm. when I was younger. And uh, coming to realize that being a leader is not so magical, you just suddenly become one uh, one day <laughs> uh, with a big title, <laughs> <laughs> that this is really a learning process, a growing process that. Uh, we can all continue, and continue to grow and to challenge ourselves, um, and that I am capable of doing that, and that I can be successful uh, mm. pushing myself. I think that's certainly something that I've learned and am proud of myself for.
0: That's great. And you're not done yet, are you?
1: No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, All right, two more. Uh, Dr. Kakumanu, uh, what's been the biggest challenge that you faced as a leader?
2: You know, I think having to have continual supplies of patience um, for every project. I think when we start projects, we have this perfect grand vision for where we want it to go and where that end game is. But, you know, if you're trying to have true, meaningful change, that can be really messy and it can often take a lot of time and usually more time than we would like. Um, So for example, with uh, the school-based asthma and allergic disease program that Julie uh, spoke about earlier, we began advocating for federal legislation in 2015, and that ultimately passed Congress uh, late last year, so about five or five and a half years later. And so learning to have that patience, that, that project, that and, and meeting your goals may take a long time and it may be messy along the way um, has been something um, that I've learned. But I've also learned along with that that um, you gain a lot of perspective through that journey and you um, gain networks and build partnerships with people who you wouldn't have thought you w- would have met. So it's certainly worth it, but it's been something that I've had to learn along the way.
0: Mm. And, and Dr. Wang, what's been the biggest challenge you faced as a leader?
2: Managing
1: meetings where there are one or a few very dominant personalities who have very specific agendas has been, um, I think, the biggest challenge that I am still learning how to manage. Um, Many, like myself, really need time to process and think through options before articulating our opinions. Um, So learning to slow down a meeting that I am leading uh, in order to give time to those who need it um, can be challenging. Uh, I'm getting better, but there is still more room to grow. Um, I've definitely left some meetings uh, feeling less than successful in this realm. But what I've found helpful is to talk through what happens uh, with a trusted mentor and a, co- and a colleague, especially one who's, who is actually sitting in the meeting, um, to help me identify you know, where the meeting went off track a bit and then think about what words, or you know, what um, even kind of body language that I could use next time um, to get the meeting back on track, or or even prevent it from going in a direction that I did not intend to. Um, obviously, certain times uh, going off track on a meeting can be yield very positive results, um, but recognizing when to let the meeting deviate a bit from the original plan versus you know it's going too far off the rails and having to redirect certain individuals that is something that I am continuing to work on with Mm. meeting.
0: yeah it's a challenge for all of us I'm uh, I'm gonna take the wild guess and say that you're probably not very active on Twitter then
1: (laughs) no I am not you are correct just, I don't think fast enough for
0: Twitter. <laughs> just, just a bit of that nuance that you described gets lost in that, uh, on that channel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, now, here's the hardest question of the whole day. Are you ready? Uh, we'll start. Dr. Kakumanu, what do you do to relax, unwind, or otherwise give yourself a break from it all?
2: Well, I'm fortunate. I live in Madison, Wisconsin. We have a great network of outdoor trails. So long bike rides, long runs and hikes have really provided me the opportunity to recharge and reset and doing that with friends and family certainly offers a break uh, from the stresses of day-to-day life.
0: So what do you do for the other 11 months out of the year? I'm joking. Well,
2: I have a a Peloton, so that helps too.
0: (laughs) Excellent. And uh Dr. Wang, what do you like to do to relax, unwind, and otherwise give yourself a break from it all?
1: So this is gonna make me sound very much like a homebody, but <laughs> uh family t v nights mm. is something I look forward to every week um on the weekends with my husband and my kids. Top Chef is our new favorite show, and you know actually, as I mentioned before, there's just um you can learn leadership everywhere, and top Chef especially the Restaurant Wars episodes, is a great example, and that's really something I also talk to my kids about, how the different personalities interact, um, how they navigate the challenges. You know, not everything has to be a learning um, experience, but uh, one can learn quite a bit on these competitive uh, cooking shows. Um, I also love reading, um, and when I'm not reading biographies, I like to read a variety of fiction. So... Um, During the pandemic, I ended up um, joining a second book club, so uh, these are staples in my career that I certainly always look forward to every month.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I thank you both so much for not only joining us today, but for sharing your your personal experiences and, and insight and, and playing along with some of those questions. Uh, I think this was very insightful. Uh, we're going to put links to um you know on the website in the show notes in regards to um the Leadership Institute website. And as Dr. Wang mentioned, that will be updated and stay tuned for the the blast uh in the near future. Uh, as we depart, Dr. Kakamano, is there anything else you'd like to add?
2: Yeah, we, you know, we're always interested in hearing from members who might have questions on either the leadership course or the mentorship program, um, especially if you're considering and participating. So we'd love to hear from you. And you can contact us uh, through that website um, on the on the general Quad AI website.
0: Great. And Dr. Wang, I'll gladly offer you the last word. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add?
1: I think certainly... Everybody should think about the Leadership Institute uh, programming, but even if that's not quite something that you're ready for or on your original plan, uh, there are just so many ways of, to get involved in the Quad AI uh, that I really want to encourage members to see the Quad AI as not just um, a place to acquire medical knowledge, but really to develop uh, friendships Um, and uh, networks that can really help you in all all parts of your life, career and otherwise.
0: Mm, Well stated. Thank you both again. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode please visit www.aaai.org for show notes and any pertinent links from today's conversation. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you can receive new episodes in the future. Thank you again for listening.